Well, welcome to Neighbors in Need. Thank you so much for being here again this week. If this is your first time listening, well, welcome. Each week, we like to invite in non-for-profits or individuals or families who need our support. And we also like to spotlight people in our community that make Rochester so great. And that person today is you, Dr. McDade. How are you? I'm great today, Sandy. Thanks for having me in again. Thank you for being here again, because you have so much great expertise and knowledge. And we learned so much the last time you were in about migraines. And now today, I think we're going to focus on ADHD and autism because October is ADHD Awareness Month. Um, And you're going to give us some of the facts and how we can manage it. But let's first learn about you, Live Well Rochester. You're a a chiropractor. What got you interested? What what made you say, hey, listen, I want to start this Live Well Rochester, an alternative to, you know, traditional medicine? I love the concept of chiropractic, that the body is designed to heal itself. It just makes total sense to the way that I view um, health and healing. And uh, from a chiropractic standpoint or from a natural healing standpoint, we know that the brain um, really controls everything that happens for us, right? And our, our brain yeah. is super, um, super good at processing information, but it also needs to be charged up on a day-to-day basis. And that happens through movement. And the spine and the shape and posture of our spine and the movement of our spine can have a huge impact. We know through research that if the spine doesn't work right, the brain doesn't work right, the brain doesn't work right, then it's only a matter of time before things start to break down, either or, uh, on an emotional basis or physical basis for, for people. And uh, I, I love that ability to, get, to work with people on a very intimate you know, nature and on a very simplistic nature. We can break things down very simply. And um, instead of looking at individual uh, symptoms per se, like, oh, you have um, uh, migraines or you have ADHD. Here's the adjustment I do for that. We just look at the person's body and say, what's not functioning correctly with you right now that if we help it function better, you're going to have a better chance of having a uh, thriving in life or, or uh, healing yourself. And then we can step back and let mother nature take its course. I'm totally jazzed about that concept. It is fascinating how the spine is so important and we forget about it. Right. Nobody ever thinks, oh, I got to work out my spine today or I got to take care of my spine. Yeah. You Not know? until it's feeling like I can't get out of bed right now because right. my spine is killing me. Right. And <laughs> right. no one says that my spine's killing me. They say my back is killing me or my neck is killing me. But but really, the spine is a sensory organ that helps um, relay information from your entire body to your brain and then helps your brain basically um, send those information signals back to your body. So it's it's something that really needs to be taken care of uh, on a lifelong basis. And if you were to prioritize what areas you should take care of, okay, your brain, your core, right? Is your core and your spine connected, right? Yeah, they're, they're, they're connected from a developmental standpoint, especially if we're talking about ADHD and autism. Um, you know, For the majority of those kids, that they're having some type of neurodevelopmental issue going on, and we can see those changes happening really early in their, in their infancy mm-hmm. through pattern, um, uh, pattern of movement and posture. And the core is super important. It's developmental, right? Your core engages and turns itself on as we um, learn to sit up and roll over and stand and walk. And if a child's having any difficulty with any of those types of things or not doing them correctly, like they crawl, like army crawl only with one arm and leg, or they only roll over to one side, or they have a difficult time sitting up, or they skip crawling altogether and they just go right from, uh, you know, scooting on their tummy to walking. Yeah. We know that developmentally, they're not hitting neurologic milestones that they have to hit. But oh. but think about it, right? The way that our brain works when we're developing is 
um, your baby, right? You can hardly do anything on your own. And uh, as certain neurologic systems start to mature, they basically engage your core and say, hey, man, it's time to start rolling over. And as you learn to roll over, your brain, your body says, hey, brain, do you like that extra energy I'm giving you? And your brain says, yeah, it's time to sit up. And now it's time to walk around and look at those two people. They're walking on their feet. How can we do that? And it takes brain power to actually train the body on how to do that. So when we're working with kids with neurodevelopmental problems like ADHD and autism, um, almost across the board, we'll find that they have weak core. Even if they're standing that up and walking, they have so a weak core. fascinating. And it's one of the ways that we can empower people to take care of themselves on a day-to-day basis. Wow. Even neuronormal people. Yeah. If people did five minutes of core exercise in the morning, it would help strengthen their spine and also stimulate their brain. So fascinating. Okay. Uh, that's totally fascinating. So, my God, we could talk for hours. I probably this, could talk on this concept for hours. This, for sure. And I could just listen to you for hours. We all can. Um, but unfortunately, we only have 15 minutes. So right, okay. let's zero in on um, what are we doing now when it comes to treating ADHD and autism? And what should we be doing, in your opinion? Um, there's a lot of good research going on with ADHD and, and autism right now. ADHD, really the primary focus with that situation is oftentimes medication to begin with. Um, the medication helps a large majority of kids focus a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But again, it doesn't really get to the core neurology. It doesn't help the brain develop any faster or any better. And there's um, a lot of professionals that are out there that are doing a lot of integrative work, helping uh, basically strengthen the body and the brain neurologically together. But from my standpoint, really because of the foundation we just talked about, the spine's relationship with the brain, we really need to uh, have a chiropractor in the mix there. And I think that's a fundamental aspect of what's going on. You know, some of the research that came out in 2015 from Princeton University, they were looking at kids specifically with autism, but ADHD and autism are really on the same spectrum of things. Okay. One has more to do with social aspects and one has more to do with kind of like, like, um, um, overactivity or not being able to focus your, your mind and that kind of stuff. Okay. And they can, they can coexist together. Right. But what they found was that children that had something called early cerebellar damage, mm-hmm. your cerebellum is a part of your brain that helps organize movement, but we're also finding that it helps in the developmental phases, uh, basically organize all the signals that the brain needs to develop. Okay. Like you're, you're seeing and hearing things and feeling things, internal things, external things, Mm -hmm. and you're feeling emotions. And when you're developing, it seems the cerebellum is really trying to help to uh, make that into something your brain can actually decipher. So they found that Princeton University uh, researchers found that early cerebellar damage, um, a kid that had that was 32 times more likely to develop autism. The only thing that was more predictive was if they already had a sibling that had, had autism those kids were 60 times more likely to develop autism, but everything else besides that early cerebellar damage pales in comparison, right? We're looking at like makes you like one, one time more likely or two times more likely. This early cerebellar damage, 32 times more likely. And the cerebellum is, um, is matured and develops through uh, movement signals that come in from our body. We call them proprioception. And so your spine has a, such a huge impact on proprioception that without proper spinal development, it makes it hard for cerebellum to develop. So, so, so chiropractors if, really need to be kind of front line in that situation. If there's damage, is yeah. there ever going back? Is there ever an yeah. ability to heal this? Yeah, because we're finding the, the brain is one of the most adaptable organs in our body, right? They call it neuroplasticity. You can train the brain to do all kinds of things. Um, I mean, some of the researchers out there now that are even working with people that have become paralyzed are finding that through stimulating the brain in certain ways, they're helping people get movement and that kind of thing back, right? Wow. Because yeah. you're training different pathways. 
So uh, for those kids, we're not talking about things like cerebral palsy where there was like an actual physical, um, like the brain is brain, brain damaged. Okay. We're talking about more like a functional issue that's happening okay. with them, right? So if we can get the function restored back to those parts of the brain, then the body can start to take over itself because the brain really depends on that proprioception. It is such a key foundational uh, stimulation. It's from gravity. You know, if we feel it from gravity and through movement and gravity and movement never turn off, right? Gravity, especially never turns off. You feel gravity when you're sleeping. Yeah. Your brain yeah. does. Your, your, the rest of your senses are turned off. You don't hear or smell or see things. But that sensory information is still coming in from your from your joints and muscles to tell your body where you are in space and time, right? So it's it's foundational. And the spine, when we fix the spine, it fixes proprioception. And when we amplify proprioception, we help the body organize itself better and the brain, I should say. Is there a rewarding story in your mind, a patient in your mind that you can share with us where they came to you, the mom came to your office, dad came to your office, so terrified of, what do I do with my child? Um, and you took them through these stages of your care, and now they flourished. There's uh, uh, so many stories like that, right? Yeah. One, actually, one of the first kids that taking care of kids for me has always been natural. I, I've been in practice for 19 years now, but my daughter was like two years old when I started chiropractic college, and just taking care of kids is, uh, it's always been just part of who uh, you know part of my practice. Uh, but when I started learning more about neurodevelopmental stuff, and really like you mentioned, like we hear about it more, right? Yeah. The latest. CDC um, statistics of one in 43 boys are diagnosed with autism now. In the 1970s, is one in 10,000. So, I mean, it, we're at like, people are worried about things like dementia and Alzheimer's, which they should be, right? Yeah. It's a huge impact on our society. Yes. But think of one in every 43 kids is going to need some type of help, um, potentially lifelong help. Yeah. That's a huge uh, burden on, on society. Um, but so I started learning about those statistics and it started freaking me out. Right. There's all these little kids running around that are having a hard time and uh, I wanted to uh, really help them. Uh, the first, so the first kid that came in was a little boy. Um, he lives out in Hilton and he was so hyperactive. I had this wallpaper in my office that was textured and he would walk around like the first day he came in, he was, he was just touching it and walking around the whole room to stimulate himself. It was hard to actually concentrate on talking to his mom. Uh, but within a matter of weeks, he would come in, lay down, all settle down, the OT at school would mention to the mom, like, I don't know what's going on with him, but oh, wow. he's like hitting these milestones that we've been working on all year. He's hitting them in the last couple of weeks. And uh, it was awesome because that was like the oh, first uh, yeah. um, spectrum kid, sensory and ADHD kid that I worked with. And to see the response that he had so quickly, it was like, I'm definitely. This makes I'm you get up it. and I'm, go to work every I'm day. Get it, yeah. yeah that's but, awesome. but the other the routine things like moms that are afraid to take their children out to the store. And after working mm. with us, they're like, I can just go anywhere with them and I don't even worry about it anymore. Wow. Just the impact that that has on the overall family stress level, right? Which over time is huge. Now on your website, drmarkmcday.com, live well, Rochester. Um, you offer a lot of information for parents. Yeah. And I also noticed that you had an ADHD exercise guide for parents, an autism ebook as well. Correct. Those books really support what we do in our office. They give parents some information to empower them and give them guidelines or things that they can do at home to help their children. And uh, I mean, we've had people from Ireland, Australia, people all over the world download that, those publications. So that's awesome to see that as well. So we talked about proprioception and the exercise guide for ADHD to work, work walks parents through some of those things that help to coordinate brain function. Yeah. And also helped exercises that they can do at home to stimulate that. Okay. okay. Like you mentioned the core and the core is super important for ADHD kids and, and autistic kids. 
So exercises that can help with that are um, things that use large muscle groups like exercising your back muscles, um, jumping jacks, things that use timing and coordination Mm. and large muscle groups. Those are really where we want to focus our attention uh, on those kids because we really want to amplify that signal coming in from the body as much as we can. And then in addition to that on your website, and I don't know if we could get this topic covered in a few minutes, but screen time. Screen time, okay. It's a challenge for all of us parents, but especially what is the impact on these kids? So specifically for ADHD and autistic kids, what we're finding through neurologic development research that the majority of those kids have um, a deficiency in the way the right side of the brain works. Okay. That's the side of the brain that does social things and also helps with some planning and that kind of thing. So a lot of these kids are already left dominant already. Okay. Um, they, they need to know the schedule. They eat the same food every single day. They wake up and go to sleep exactly the same time. If anything in their daily uh, activities gets thrown off, it really causes them to melt down. That's the left, the left side of your brain. It's linear. It likes to know all that planning, scheduling, and all that kind of stuff. And screen time really stimulates the left brain. Um, so it can almost make the problem worse while they're using it because it's stimulating the already strong side of the brain and leaving uh, the, the, the weak side behind. So if we have a situation like that going on, um, it's almost like you have uh, one side of the brain that's developing normal. It's an eight, you know, it's an eight-year-old kid, but the other side of the brain that's not being stimulated is three-year-old, three-year-old kid. And, and trying to have those two communicate as one becomes stronger and stronger and stronger, it becomes harder and harder and harder. So it's working out the muscle that you it don't basically need is to doing be, that yeah. right. Yeah, correct. And um, you, you, so you don't, you don't want to do that, right? And the screen time also because of you know we're trying to keep everybody's attention. That's just how that's how technology works these days, right? Yeah. Um, it really trains the brain to be um, develop a very short attention span. You know, you're looking for that instant reward. What's the next reward? What's the next reward? Yeah, Your brain's scary. constantly mm-hmm. searching for a reward. And things like school and those types of activities, they're long, non-reward-based activities that you need to do. You need to be able to sit still and concentrate for a while. You don't get any reward from that, but your brain's searching for the next uh, reward every 30 seconds. So it can make it difficult. Is this permanent damage that we're doing to our kids long-term? No, that, again, is not permanent damage. You, okay. you know, you can turn that, that around. But uh, as a parent, really monitoring screen time. Um, and there's no set limit. I mean, the American Pediatric Association does say kids be under two should not use any screens, no Mm -hmm. TV or anything. Um, But after that, you really have to pay attention to your own kid. Like some kids can only handle uh, 30 minutes of uh, their Nintendo Switch before they start melting down. But some kids can handle a little bit more. You really, as a parent, need to figure out where that... That's a battle you have to fight. As a parent, you're... You you want to you want to feed your kids stuff that you knew was yeah. going to be bad for them. Right. You want to have them indulge other activities that you knew were going to be bad for them. So tonight, when you get home, yep. and uh, or whenever you see your kids, you tell them enough with the Fortnite. Doctor McDade said. Yeah, it's not, not me, the Doctor McDade. But reinstill things like family dinner, you know, time, you know, instead of watching TV in front of YouTube or whatever, um, have it at the table with no no video. Wonderful. If you want to find out more about this, drmarkmcday.com. Live well, Rochester. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.